It's an underdog sports movie, except the sport is singing. Lubricate your instrument, gang. Today's episode is Pitch Perfect versus Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. It's Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. I'm Shady, alto soloist, and with me is baritoner slash beatboxer slash keyboardist slash costume designer slash lovable wildcard, John. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. Hi, John. How are you? I'm fine. And you? It sounds like your instrument is lubricated, so that's good. I'm ready. I'm ready to sing this entire thing like like we're Hamilton or Les Mis. I mean, it's going to be just like when we did Josie versus Jem, and I was just rocking on guitar the whole time. Keytar, get it right. Keytar, ah, all right. How, how dare you forget the keytar? It's, it's in your corner crying. I'm sorry, Keytar. His name is Kivon. <laughs> <laughs> oh puns but <Ba-dum-tsh. laughs> oh there's lots of that in one of these movies anyway should we get into it let's do it let's okay. be honest we should let's be honest um so today we are doing pitch perfect uh which came out in 2012 it was written by Kay cannon based on the book by mickey rapkin and it was directed by jason moore It has uh, an 80% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and a score of 66 out of 100 from Metacritic. And that is out of 33 reviews. 23 of them are positive and and 10 are mixed. Uh, Only 33 reviews? Only 33 reviews. Weird. 2012 was not that long ago. That's kind of odd to me that they only count so few. Well, was Metacritic really a thing back then? Yes. As big of a thing, I should say. Um, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter if Metacritic was a thing. It kind of matters if the reviewers themselves were the thing. That's fair. Because they would just pull it from the reviews that existed. Oh, whatever. The summary from IMDb for Pitch Perfect is, Becca, a freshman at Barden University, is cajoled into joining the Bellas, her school's all-girls singing group. Injecting some much-needed energy into their repertoire, the Bellas take on their male rivals in a campus competition. I'm gonna say that it's inaccurate because it's, it's close not a, enough. It's close enough. It is not a campus competition. That implies that it's only their school. Yeah, it's, it's close the, enough. It's close enough, but it's an international competition. Technically, yeah. it has international in the name. It's true. It does. Even though I'm pretty sure the only people who compete in it are from North America. Is Canada involved? Is that why they call it international? We'll get to that later. Okay. (laughs) Our next movie is Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, which came out in June 2020. It was written by Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele, directed by David Dobkin. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 63% and a Metacritic score of 50 out of 100. And this one is out of 38 reviews. I know. But, I know. No, it just, it, they seem like a low number of reviews for both of these movies. I mean, especially this one, because what else are we doing? We're all... <laughs> There's no other movies to review right now. Yeah, you may as well have it out of like 5 million reviews. Whatever. <laughs> 13 were positive, <laughs> 20 were mixed, and 5 were negative. And by, yeah. Oh, I see a... Uh, a user score gave it a zero. Ooh, that's Somebody not... who clearly doesn't like Iceland very much. That's a lie. Everybody loves Iceland. Iceland's great. <laughs> and the IMDb summary for, we'll just call it Eurovision for short from here on out. When aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid are given the opportunity to represent their country at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. I didn't realize for a while that they were saying secret, that they were saying secret. Oh, 
I do. I have some like comments about the names in this movie. Oh, me too. Feel like that's a big part of why a lot of people didn't like it is that the humor is very much a lot of the jokes are based in specifically Icelandic culture as well. Uh, well, we'll get well even we'll just like it. there there are jokes involved with their names. Like their names are funny if you understand what the naming conventions in Iceland are, well, but they're not funny if you don't understand it. Well, you know what? Let's just start now then and have at it. Okay. I didn't realize that, by the way, when you were talking about what you were talking about, the names. I had to look it up on the, <laughs> on the trivia to understand the joke. And I was like, oh my God, I, I wrote these names down how many times and I still didn't get it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, part of why I love this movie personally is my last vacation before lockdown happened and coronavirus took over the world. In September 2019, I went to Iceland and I took a bunch of tours and stuff like that. And that's where I learned about sort of the naming conventions. And that's part of why I wanted to even watch this movie because I was like, oh, it takes place in Iceland. I've been there. I'm going to watch this movie. And like a lot of it, a lot of the Iceland jokes were really, really funny. And I was also like a year ago, all of this would have been completely over my head. Well, why don't we compare it to Pitch Perfect? <laughs> why don't we do our job, Shady? We're not here to talk about Iceland. I, wh- I want to talk about Iceland. That's why I want to talk about this movie. Pitch no. Perfect does not take, take place in Iceland and is therefore inferior. No, it takes place in California, I think. Is it California? I thought they, it was. They, I noticed, I tried to keep an ear out for it. I don't think they ever say. I always, since the second one came out, I assumed it was Wisconsin because I don't know why else the Green Bay Packers would be there. <laughs> but then I was like, but they're never dressed for a Wisconsin winter. Yeah, I always, I, I think that's why I assumed it was California because like they do go through the year, the school year. Mm-hmm. but um, there's never really any snow or any indication that it's super cold. Right. Like, even the, the when they find their sound later, um, they're wearing just coats, but, you know. Yeah, it, it, um, it looks like an autumnal scene. It doesn't look like a even, February scene. Even though it's the end of the year, yeah. Right. But um, you want to break down plot points? I got Let's a few do. of them. Yeah, go for that, it. After a while, I was just like, oh, maybe these are the same? Um, like you said, they're about an un- it's an underdog story. Yep. So you have the underdog has an epic fail at a contest. Now, okay, these plot points, I'm going to say this now. <laughs> these plot points are, you, are not this at the same time markers as <laughs> with both movies. They jump around a lot. So mm-hmm. like with that one, that's the very, very beginning of Pitch Perfect at the ICCA's 2011. Whereas um, Fire Saga has epic fails at every, <laughs> every single performance. Yeah. I mean, the, the Bellas do have fails at their other two performances, but they're subtle. But they're, they're not, not like these overblown epically things. Epically one, yeah. Right, yeah, that, yeah. Like it's just things where it's like, wow, you screwed us up, so we're going to lose points. And this is such a tight race that we're probably not going to advance the next stage without those points. And which brings me into that the underdog group has the same set of songs that they do. I mean, mm-hmm. for, for Eurovision, they have to. But right, that's <laughs> how, how the contest works. But like... The Bellas in Pitch Perfect, it's just Aubrey's stubbornness being like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to win, even though the songs are outdated and awful. I wouldn't say awful. Ace of Base has a place everywhere, every time. But they're outdated. They are outdated, yeah. Um, the, the favorite to win is the antagonist of both movies. I'm going to put a pin in that and disagree. Okay. People involved... You have a mini singing event that is a mashup. I had a word that one so weirdly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the underdog team is brought into like the main competition due to a technicality. Underdog has a look within to change 
and then an epic final number at the competition is used as an apology. Okay. Oh okay. come on! I mean, I know, I know he, I know Lars gives like a big emotional speech, and they, and he makes up with Secret before they sing the song, but that is you singing the song and causing them to lose that's right no my, what my disagreement there would be that it, in pitch perfect the song <gasps> that is performed is the apology in eurovision the apology is choosing to play her song instead the song itself is actually about him it's not it's not written by him for her but i mean i think i'm saying that he changed this like he gave that whole speech and then as a way of saying, I'm sorry, he wants to perform her song and not be all, like, I know it's about him, but the whole movie, it's been about him. Like, it was his songs, his costumes, his visions, his- Well, yeah, because part of the journey for them, the emotional journey, the actual story of this movie, not the plot, the story, Mm -hmm. is that she needs to learn how to speak up and advocate for herself. And yes. he needs to learn how to not take himself so seriously. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing is about Becca. No, because Becca's thing is that she needs to learn to let people in. Ah, I see the difference. Yeah, so I'm going to say that right there. These movies have totally, op- like, not not even close to the same emotional arc. I mean, it was it was really the riff-off and the song-along. And they happen at around the same time code. They do, yeah. Which is very fascinating. Yeah, but yeah. It's like a nice little centerpiece for both movies. When I watched uh, Fire Saga and the song along came up, I was just like, wait a tick. Is this like perfect? <laughs> and that's what I'm, I think I was the one that suggested it. So yes. if it's not, it's totally my fault. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because watching fire saga and seeing the song long i was like oh cool this is like a pimped out version of the riff off from pitch perfect yes so i had the same thought process absolutely and i hope other people had too and that's why we're doing this to hopefully <laughs> you experienced it and you're like oh maybe <laughs> i mean they're both i mean there are dozens if not hundreds of movies that are about song competitions in some form they're both working with a very very finite uh, storyline yeah yeah it's a very well-defined formula formula i'm just making up words now i'm allowed to do that formula that has been used since you could talk in movies now Um, i want to put a pin in that one point I made about the favorite is the antagonist. Because Lemtop is not the antagonist. Victor's the antagonist. Lemtop is actually, uh, he helps them out. He's also an antagonist. He's not like the big bad. I would say he's like the mini boss. I mean, I, maybe, but I would still say that he does more to help Secret than he ever does to hurt her or Lars. Yeah, but he does try to break them up in the love story subplot that's in both of them hey yo (laughs) right but even in doing so he did a lot to actually help her like he it wasn't true he was was, he was the one coaching her to be like find your own voice right she she never would have hit her spirit note without him uh the spriog or whatever you pronounce it spreg note i believe it's 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 pronounced spireg i wrote it down spiorg 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 I don't know. <laughs> we'll refer to the movie later. Uh, fun thing about the Icelandic language, it is the closest living language to what actual historical Vikings spoke. Um, and it also has 10 extra letters in its alphabet. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> Not what I'm, we're here to do, Shady. <laughs> no, I want to sprinkle in fun facts about Iceland. I need people to know about Iceland. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have that there's also commentators during the competition that offer like humorous moments or sidebars or whatever um Uh, they they both do a thing that they they both tell good jokes that i like and are welcome presents except they also both do a thing that i hate which is inform the audience of how they're supposed to feel (laughs) although i do i just i love graham norton's speech at the end where he's like oh it was so beautiful everything they will, of course, be disqualified, but it was so beautiful. <laughs> like, it, it was great because it also made it feel more like real Eurovision. His was a little more accurate, whereas you have 
John Smith and Gail Abernathy McCaden. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and John Smith is a total sexist and misogynist and everything. Is it this movie that he gets called out on it? I don't remember. I watched all three of them in this weekend. <laughs> I, I think she gives him a light barb in each movie, at least. Oh, yeah. she, um, she she does like make some, like some co- comment where she was like and you are a misogynist John or something like that I can't remember which movie it is off the top of my head and if you can email us thank you <laughs> um, even, I should have said this from the beginning both competitions are real events the, the yes. ICCAs is real I didn't know that yeah oh I got a fun fact about that later I mean I know the that Eurovision Song Contest is real because ABBA but <laughs> Abba and Celine. Celine and, got- and Celine Dion. They each perf- Now, I may, this is me like digging at the bottom of the barrel looking for similarities. Um, they perform at an event before the competition. Did- okay. A party event, yeah. A party event, yeah. Uh, so yeah. you have the Sigma Beta Theta party and that dude's retirement party. I wrote his name down and I'm not even going to try. It's fine. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good one. I didn't pick up on, but they do sort of, that's how you get the gauge for how low the bar is for them at first. Because, you know, in uh, Pitch Perfect, they get fired from this party. And then in Eurovision, they keep trying to play their own music and everybody keeps screaming at them to play Ya Ya Ding Dong, which to be yeah. fair, Ya Ya Ding Dong is the greatest song that's ever been written. Ya Ya Ding Dong disagree <laughs> it's uh, so good you have a member of each group is kicked out too i mean i'm gonna say stefan was just not going with them because he's a school kid but yeah. he was also he he was their drummer so <laughs> that's true okay yeah he yeah, was I'll, kicked out i'll allow it that is You'll true. allow it okay yes. and it, it uh, does happen early in the second act of each movie too uh the gay character is used for laughs but Pitch Perfect has two gay characters in it. Yes. Where one of them is like the uber punchline to a joke. And that's, it's amazing. If you blink, you'll miss it, but it's perfect. <laughs> um, Would you say it's Pitch Perfect? I say it's Aka Awesome. <laughs> um, and then I also wrote down that as a similarity, the main character has daddy issues they eventually reconnect with him. Yes, yes. Uh, that's one I clocked as well. But what's interesting is that they're almost inverted, their respective issues with their father. Because yes. Becca's father pushes her into, well, he's just pushing her to join an activity and the activity happens to be the Bellas. Um, but he's pushing her into it. He's trying to get her to connect with people and have a good college experience. Whereas in uh, Fire Saga, Lars's father, Eric, hates that he's doing music hates that he wants to do eurovision yes i'm gonna i'm gonna build off of what you're just saying okay so becca's dad isn't necessarily pushing her to the bellas he wants her he's pushing her to education and bettering her to move on with her career lars's dad i think also wants the same thing but he's going about it a very different way (laughs) yes He calls his singing a joke and all I that. Just, um, I just love that it's, he's played by Pierce Brosnan, who, first of all, is only, what, a decade older than Will Ferrell? 13 and, years, yeah. Jesus. And also, uh, make his character in this movie hates ABBA. And he's in Mamma Mia. <laughs> he's he, in... <laughs> he was awful in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that, that like, I, it's such a good little joke there. Do you, I mean, I broke down the love story subplot and I don't really feel like going about it point by point. <laughs> but did you find any other similarities in, in the um, films? The one thing, because I was trying to like think about, these are both primarily comedies. So I was like trying to think about the humor and the jokes that are used and trying to see if they use any similar jokes. And the one thing that stood out is they both make jokes about previous projects that their actors had been in. So for example, you've got Pierce Brosnan 
playing someone who hates ABBA in uh, Eurovision. <laughs> and you also have Will Ferrell, who does not believe in elves, who probably <laughs> his most famous movie yeah. is Elf. And then in Pitch Perfect, I don't know if this is actually really a reference to Skylar Astin uh, starring in Spring Awakening or appearing in Spring Awakening on Broadway, but he does have a joke about how knowing German is no fun. <laughs> and then uh, the DJ, the hot DJ that Becca works for, um, he is played by the same guy who played Cormac McCloggan in uh, Harry Potter, who's a Quidditch player, and the school does have a Quidditch team, and you see them appear, you see them appear a couple times. But what was the reference that he has? Or are you just... Yeah, I'm just saying that the film itself makes reference to Harry Potter, and they also have an actor who's oh. in Harry Potter. And then this one's kind of a stretch, but John Michael Higgins, who plays John, the commentator, was uh, one of the contestants in the movie Best in Show, which has similar commentators. Okay. You know what? I'll allow all of them. It's a bit of a stretch. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure that it's intentional with the Pitch Perfect ones. Oh, um, I feel like it was because it felt like him and uh, Elizabeth Banks were just riffing and ad-libbing a lot. Oh, yeah. Do you know who, uh, I was going to put this in special features, but I'm going to say it now. Do you know who was supposed to play Gail originally? No. Kristen Wiig. <laughs> but uh she had scheduling conflicts with it and elizabeth banks was already on as a producer for the movie and as they were getting closer they were like well i, I guess i guess i guess i could just do it well um let's bounce back to your comedy point and yeah. talk about the differences for a hot second yes um you okay so you talking about that made me think about the comedy in both movies. Yeah. Um, both movies have funny lines. Like, they have witty lines and all that. Yeah. Your vision relies on stunts, and Pitch Perfect relies on gross humor, basically. Yeah, I would also say that a lot of Eurovision's humor, and I think this is part of why a lot of people didn't like it, a lot of it is so steeped in sort of a niche interest or like like specialized knowledge. Like I was saying earlier, a lot of the comedy about Iceland was really good, but most people don't know about that enough about Iceland for those references to make sense. Right. And then there are so many jokes, like there are so many things that are references to actual Eurovision performances, which... I'm sure you can help us out later. Point to some I of those. Will. <laughs> I um, will. I will. Oh, um, you wheel. I will. Yes. <laughs> so I think a lot of the comedy didn't work for people just because they didn't know that there was a reference to an actual performance that did well at Eurovision a few years ago or something like that. Uh, the, I, I want to say like the biggest difference between these two movies is that the Bellas win and Fire Saga loses. Like, that's the big yeah big no that that's the type of thing that even like sports movies or any type of movie with a competition in general it's it hugely changes the whole movie for me depending on whether the protagonists win or lose like it just totally reframes the whole movie for me oh yeah they both they both go through character growth but like the fact that fire saga loses well they don't lose they intentionally disqualify themselves that's true and then, you know, I did write this in the similarities, but now thinking about it, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So for movies that are about singing competitions where you have to sing live, there's only one live performance in Pitch Perfect, and there are zero in Fire Saga. Like, the, the actors are singing live, I mean. Oh, okay, live on camera. Li yeah, and that is the Sigma Beta Theta Party. They're, oh, that, the, that's the, not them singing to a track. That's them actually singing. Oh, listen I to it again. You you'll be able to pick up on it and be like, uh. No, that does make sense, and that's also it's a little bit easier to do something like that when it's supposed to be too flat or just a little off or something like that. Because yeah, part of why you sing to a pre-recorded track is because you can keep energy up better that way. And like that's one of the biggest rules in that I know in Eurovision where yeah. you can't sing to a track. You have to be singing live. The music could be right. tracked. It's, but that's later. <laughs> um, 
going back to music, Eurovision is all about new songs and original music. And mm-hmm. it's a song contest. It's the songs that you're competing but with. All the songs in it, even Yaya Ding Dong, I think are original music. Yeah, I did. Um, don't get mad at me because I read this article back when the movie first came out before we decided we were going to do this episode. But I did read the Vulture article with the music director for this movie. And he spoke a little bit about writing Ya Ya Ding Dong and trying to make it sound like something that could have been like a popular folk song. But like, I, I just found that find that interesting. I mean, oh, wait, they do have one, two songs that they cover. And that is oh, three now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's happy, the song along, mm-hmm. and um, the busker are all covers. Oh, yeah. Technically. Yeah, you're right. But in in Pitch Perfect, that's the whole point of this movie. There's no original songs. It's right. All covers. Right. Well, here's another pretty dis- uh, important difference between the music. Pitch Perfect. It's all acapella. It's only vocals. There's yes. no instruments. Yeah. <laughs> get, wait until you get to pitch perfect <laughs> <laughs> and like I said earlier with Eurovi- with the actual Eurovision contest mm-hmm. you don't have to be in a band but you can have a musical track with you so even though like Lemtov or Mitya are their own song, like singers they mm-hmm. have a track that they're going to sing to right they just have to sing it live yes I think another really big important difference story-wise for both of these is that in Fire Saga, the band Fire Saga and particularly Lars and Sigrid have been together forever. And yeah, okay, good thing you brought up ages because let's talk about ages for a hot second. <laughs> well, um, and, but then, and then the big difference is that the big part of Pitch Perfect is that they are a brand. They're all mostly new girls. I had I wrote that down too. Okay. Where. The Bellas are all college age women. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're I not. Guess, I, I guess most of them are freshmen, except for Chloe and Aubrey, right? Yes. Okay. That's the idea. But I mean, they're they're all clearly in their mid mid to late twenties, possibly thirties. Yeah, Anna and then, Camp, I believe, was twenty nine. She played Aubrey, and I believe she was twenty nine when they filmed it. Yeah, and then you have Lars and Sigrid in Fire Saga. They're supposed to be, what, in their 50s or 60s? They were children during 1974. If they were, let's say, five or six at that point. Yeah. 1974. Let's do some math. I can pull out my calculator. Yes, they would be about 50. They'd be about 50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd buy that for Will Ferrell. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Rachel McAdams, though a great actress and she was beautiful in this movie, not the same age. <laughs> um no. not the same age at all. They, and they also like obviously are supposed to be maybe a year or two apart, but like clearly around the same <sighs> age. I think she's like 15 years younger than him or something. If yes? it was Elizabeth Banks, I would buy it. Okay, okay. And okay. It'll, it'll make this argument even more if they're, that they're the same movie. <laughs> but <laughs> I would buy it if it was somebody of that age group. I, I mean, I don't want to say that I wish somebody other than Rachel McAdams had played that part because I think she's fantastic in this movie. She's so funny. Oh, yeah. She, no, I, and, like, she's also the only one who ha- who's not actually Icelandic who has a good Icelandic accent because Pierce Brosnan sounds like the Swedish chef and Will Ferrell just kind of sounds it's vaguely, he sounds vaguely Nordic. But like, I'm, I'm agree. I agree with you. I meant like look-wise. Right, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, I agree with that there. Look-wise, if it was like Elizabeth Banks or even our good friend Kristen Wiig, <laughs> I would buy yeah, no. it more than I, Rachel I, McAdams. And like I said, Rachel McAdams, fantastic job. Yeah. I love you. And if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Please don't send your gay army at me. Thank you. <laughs> um, she has the best line delivery I've heard in a long time in this movie, which is just, the elves went too far. <laughs> it's, the way she says it is so fucking funny. It's a funny line already, but it's so funny. 
Oh, I mean, I guess we could say that there, that there is also magic realism involved in uh, Fire Saga that is not existence, existent in Pitch Perfect. No. <laughs> and like the, though they both have a love story subplot. Like, totally different love stories though. Totally different love stories. Like in Fire Saga, it's been decades long. And yeah. in um, Pitch Perfect, it's only nine months. <laughs> yeah it's they're still very much at the cutesy flirting stage and it makes sense that they're still at that stage in fire saga part of the drama is that secret has been clearly pining for lars her entire life and he refuses to hook up with her because he thinks that it would ruin the band which is funny considering that he's an abba fan well that's his main focus he's main. he he even says that his main focus is to win and to gain respect from his dad would you agree that uh lars the character from pitch perfect he most resembles is aubrey yes but when you are going main character to main character right i mean it it clearly having having that character in the protagonist role totally changes the story yeah, I mean, I know that Pitch Perfect tried to be a little bit more inclusive with, like, the other girls getting at least a storyline. Mm-hmm. But it's really Becca's story. Let's be real here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and her main focus is to be a record producer until, you know, her switch that happens at the end. Yeah. Where she's like, I love singing with you nerds. But, yeah, I I would agree that Lars's ambition is on par with Aubrey's. Yeah. And, oh Well, it's also hinted at that Aubrey has uh, daddy issues, too. That's true. She does have daddy issues. Would you agree, then, that um, Secret is on par with Chloe, in a way? She is a much more introverted version of Chloe. I could see that. Yeah, where we're, they're like the... They're the yang to the yin of their other person. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she's the one who balances the leader out. Quote, unquote, leader. They're both like, well, let's just have fun and, yeah, you know, go with it. Even Chloe yeah. has a line at the beginning of the movie where she's like, um, why don't we just look for good singers? Who cares yeah. if they're tight and snatched and all that? Just find, find a good <laughs> singer. And, uh, yeah, I guess if you put the characters of Chloe and Aubrey into the same exact story as Eurovision, like Chloe would definitely be the one who's like, let's go make friends with our competitors because that's part of, this is really about making friends more than just. I, now that we're talking about it, I could totally see Chloe giving that speech at the, towards the end where she's like, I'm going to the artist area because I'm an artist and I'm going to prove that whatever secret says, you know what I mean? That, yeah. That, 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 that this is, I'm going to take it. Um, Pitch Perfect out of both movies is the only one that has non-diegetic music. Now, what non-diegetic music is... It's music that doesn't exist in-universe. Yes. It is for the audience to hear. Where Fire Saga, it's all in-universe. I don't, I don't think that there's any song. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think about... You might be right. I'd have to watch it again to make sure. But even they have the song during their montage when they're touring Edinburgh, and it turns out that it's what the busker is singing the whole time. You're welcome. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good call. I mean, I scraped at the bottom of the barrel for that one, but like, you're welcome. No, no, that's a really good observation. Um, okay, so you were saying that Levtov is not an antagonist in the movie. He does play mind games with them when you really think about it. I mean, he does, but it's he's also like he genuinely likes Secret and he genuinely wants to help her out. He just also wants to figure if there's a way to do that and also help himself out. And denying his sexuality. What? There are no gays in Mother Russia. There are no gays in Mother Russia. Mother Russia won't let me have fun. Be no, happy. No, no gay. No gay. Um, no. This is a stretch, but my personal favorite character in each of the movies is the main competitor, which is Lentov in Fire Saga and Bumper in Pitch Perfect. I mean, that's not really <laughs> what we're here to do. I think it counts because my opinion is god <laughs> that's true <laughs> no it's not um uh, do you have anything else that you notice that were differences or similarities at this point 
Um, no, I was really mostly focusing uh, when I was watching them and like actively trying to compare them. I really was just trying to think mostly about the comedy because they are both comedies and that is the most important element. element. Now, would you agree with me saying that they're both comedies with music, not that they are of the musical genre? I would agree with you there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you world. Oh, you, you know what? <laughs> Here's another difference. Um, and it's a minor one, but Rachel McAdams does not, mo for the most part, does not do her own singing in Eurovision Fire Saga. There are um, three actors that don't do their own singing for the most part, but I will right. talk about that <laughs> in special features. But in Pitch Perfect, everyone sings for themselves. We'll get to that. Special features. So... Here in Special Features, uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, what we do for this section is we each take a movie um, and we do a little further research on it. We share our research. We try to nerd out if we can. We try to surprise each other if we can. And hopefully we surprise you. Before we get to this, yes. can we just say this is our 10th episode? <laughs> I'm glad we're doing a 10th episode that, uh, like, I was really excited to compare these. So this is our 10th episode. Thank you to our loyal listeners, if there are any. Wow. Uh, but, um... Look at you paying attention to numbers. I know. I just wanted to, like, pat ourselves on that back or whatever. I think we deserve it. We should have ice cream tonight. Oh, tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, quarantine 15 is real. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so... So Shady had was tasked with Pitch Perfect, and she will go first because it came out first. I like you say tasked, like this is a real task for me. I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Pitch Perfect, as we said before, uh, this is based on a real uh, competition. It is the ICCA, which is short for International Championship of Collegiate Acapella. Um, I should have looked up to see why it's called international, because as far as I can tell, it's all American universities, but it's probably, yes? Sorry, I raised my hand. Uh, I raised my hand. Um, there is also a branch of it in the UK. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, that did not come up. Uh, I did not go into a hole about our ICCA. I just looked at what was on the Wikipedia and IMDb pages for Pitch Wiki Perfect. Wikipedia, ICCA. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie was based on the book Pitch Perfect, The Quest for Collegiate Acapella Glory by GQ magazine editor Mickey Rapkin. Um, he followed the Tufts University, Beelzebub's, the University of Oregon, Devisi? Devisi? Devisi and the University of Virginia Hullabahoos um, for a full competition season. Um, those are all different acapella groups. The Hullabahoos, not the Hullabahoos. Hullabahoos, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So gotcha. the Bellas were loosely based on the VC, uh, the Troublemakers were based on the Beelzebubs, and the Hullabahoos cameo in the film, uh, they're the group that sings the final countdown at yeah. IC ICCA. I can't say that. I didn't yeah. realize they were a real group. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a real group. They're the ones with like the like silly pattern robes and everything, and they sing the final countdown. They were yeah, they were very broy. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the Beelzebubs are super broy. Sorry, um, I had to I had to like go through my notes because I was like, "Hulla bahoos, bahoos." Yep. I know that name. <laughs> I wrote I it down. I should have known you would have written that note too. Like yeah. I should have prepared for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's those three groups. Two of them got uh, fictional counterparts, and then the other one got to be in the movie itself. Deke Sharon, uh, who founded the International Championship of College Acapella, and Ed Boyer, who also works in the acapella community. Um, I could not find what exactly he does. But they were brought on board to arrange songs, produce vocals, and act as on-site music directors. And they ran a month-long acapella boot camp for the cast. So Elizabeth Banks and Max Handelman were both producers on the movie, and they happened to be fans of the show Workaholics. That's the show that Adam Devine was on, and wow. that's what they reached out to him and said, we, would we think you would be perfect for this part in this movie. And he was like, I don't know, I'm not really a singer, um, but they had him audition anyway. He sang the Full House theme song. <laughs> and they loved it, and they cast him in the role. 
Speaking of Adam Devine and workaholics, this is not the first time that he and Rebel Wilson appeared on screen together as love interests because Rebel Wilson guest starred in the seventh episode of season one of Workaholics. Uh, the episode name is oh. Straight Up Jug a Hose. And <laughs> Rebel Wilson plays an insane clown posse fan. Uh, her name is Big Money Hustla. Of course it is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that show. I haven't. So this is all news, new news to me. I'm a big fan of the show. Part of why I saw Pitch Perfect was because I was like, oh, that's the guy from Workaholics. He's really funny. I want to see a movie with him in it. <laughs> Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson also played love interests in the 2019 film, Isn't It Romantic? So that's three films and one TV episode uh, that they played love interests. And Wilson has called Devine her work husband and has said that they're the new Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> the storyline between Bumper and Fat Amy was not in the script originally. Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson did a lot of improving on set. And because they were, you know, friendly with each other, they did a lot of that improving with each other. So it just sort of naturally formed. They created this backstory for their characters. They created this idea that they had a one night stand and the filmmakers um, loved that they had this like strange, hostile, aggressive sexual chemistry and kept it in the movie and wrote it into Pitch Perfect too. Um, if we want to step outside of work husbands and move into actual husbands, Anna Camp and Skylar Astin met on the set of this film. They started dating, and in 2016, they got married. Aww. And then they divorced in 2019. Shh. <laughs> um, no, but still good for them, you know? They did it. They've done the they thing. They did it. And it's okay to divorce. They survived longer than a couple, than a lot of other Hollywood couples. They did. And from, I mean, from what I can tell, it seems like it's a fairly amicable divorce and everything. They were just like, it's not working. Which, as long as they're friends, that's all I care about. Yeah, as long as it was the healthy thing for both of them. So Esther Dean plays Cynthia Rose in this movie. You probably already know this fact. Um, Esther Dean is an accomplished songwriter, and she co-wrote the song S&M for Rihanna, which her character sings during the riff-off. She was actually the one who suggested that Stacy, um, Alexis Knapp's character, sing with her because she loved that they had her sing her own song and everything in the movie, but she was like, it's really more appropriate for this other character. It was only supposed to be her. It was her idea to be like, what if we make it a duet instead? Hey, I have a question for you. I may have an answer. <laughs> Do you want to hear the available categories for the ripoff that they didn't use? Give me like some highlights. Don't give me all of them. There's, <laughs> there's a, a lot. there's there's like sixteen of them. All right, here are my favorites: puppet songs, <laughs> black Michael Jackson, white Michael Jackson. Oh Jesus! Ugly lead singers, and my personal favorite songs: Glee ruined. So you know Jessica, the one blonde Bella who doesn't get a ton of lines. She always gets confused with the other Bella, Ashley. The actress who plays her is named Kelly Jackal. Jack Jackal. Sure. If I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I apologize, Kelly. Anyway, she went to USC, where she was part of the acapella group SoCal Vocals, and she actually won ICCA in 2008 and 2010. Oh, I knew she was a real singer. Yeah, well, she, do you, I presume you know about NBC's The Sing-Off? Uh, it was like the, vo it's like the voice and all those other ones. Yeah, it's like a sing one of those singing competition shows, but it's all acapella groups. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she competed in the first two seasons of that show in two different groups, I believe. Like, I believe she competed in the first season as part of the SoCal Vocals, and then I think in the second season, she joined, like, an acapella supergroup, um, but I forget the name of them. And I, I, couldn't mean, find, I couldn't find a list online. Uh, hey, I just wanted to shout out to Donald Faison, who was also a cameo bit in a previous episode, Josie and the Pussycats, and is one of the tone hangers in this movie. He is the actor who has had the least amount of screen time, but has had the most amount of episodes where we talk about a movie he was in Thus on this far. podcast. I also wanted to shout out uh, Kether Donahue, who plays the head Bella at the beginning of the movie. I just wanted to shout her out because she starred in You're the Worst, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So, <laughs> hi. Hi, Kather. Big fan. Uh, she also has, she sings on that show and she has the voice of an angel. Mm. And I've got one more. I had to share it as it was written on IMDb. 
Oh, good. I love this. Although never working together before, Anna Kendrick and Skylar Astin share a connection with the prestigious Performing Arts Camp Stage Door Manor in upstate New York. Astin attended the camp for multiple years and appeared in the, in the documentary Stage Door, and Kendrick starred in camp, which was based on and filmed at Stage Door Manor. <laughs> Why was that on IMDb? Why? Who is going to the Internet Movie Database to learn about Stage Door alums and quasi-Stage Door alums? Okay, so for those of you who don't know us, <laughs> Shady and I worked at Stage Door. Yes. <laughs> That's where we met. <laughs> yeah, th- this is, that is the basis of our friendship, and also... I'm not going to lie, though. I have said that fact aloud a lot, (laughs) but not knowing it was on IMDb. (laughs) Well, that's the thing that I thought was funny was that it was on on IMDb, but I do that all the time where I'll watch a movie and I'll be like, that person went to stage four. That person went to stage four. Yeah, we do that from time to time. Is it my turn? Yeah, your turn. I've got got good ones. Cool. So obviously this movie had a fuck ton of cameos from former contestants of the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, The first one being ABBA, but it's actual footage from them in 1974. They're not credited. It's not really a cameo so much as archival. Archival footage. It's still, I'm going to still call it a cameo. You're Um, allowed to do that. You have, I'm going to butcher this name and I'm so sorry. Salvador Sobral. He won in 2017 for Portugal. He's the busker in Scotland, mm-hmm. and he's playing his song, his winning song. And then in the song along, there are 10 contestants. Five of them are winners. You have okay. John Lundvik, 2019 Swedish representative. Anna Adobescu, who's the 2019 Moldovan representative. Bilal Hassani, he's the 2019 French representative. Laureen, she's the 2012 winner from Sweden. Uh, Jesse Matador, he is the 2010 French representative. Alexander Ryback, he's the 2008 winner for Norway and the 2018 Norwegian representative. Jamala, who's the 2016 winner in the Ukraine. Elena Nachayeva is the 2018 Estonian representative. Conchita Wurst is the 2014 winner for Austria. And Neta, is the 2018 winner from Israel. That was a lot. That was a lot. Um, You did it. Thank you. In the movie, they have what they like to call harmonized voices and then what I'm going to call dubbed voices. So the harmonized voices are Molly Sandin. She harmonizes with Rachel McAdams, I should say. Petra Nielsen, who harmonizes with, I don't remember the actress's name and I'm so sorry, but the character Mita, and then Eric Mones. He's Swedish. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm so sorry. He <laughs> harmonizes with uh, Lemtov. I think they are distinctly calling it that because they did mix both voices together. Yeah. Well, I was I- going to say, like, I know Dan Stevens does sing, and that is in his register. But I think Eric... Um, is more of like that operatic voice. Right. I think they mixed him, they mixed both of them together because that's what they did with Rachel McAdams, for sure. I don't know about the character Mitya, but with Rachel McAdams, they had her sing live on set and they mixed her with Molly. So the other contestants that are in Eurovision, it's a mixed bag here. The people who sing Running with the Wolves, they pay homage to the metal group Lordi, who won Eurovision in 2006 for Finland, and they're portrayed by the English ska punk band Bogus Gasman. The Wonder Four, that band that sings Fool Moon, is an mm-hmm. English indie pop band called Anteros. Hit My Itch, I don't know who the characters are who sing that it's that they're wearing like all white suits and everything yeah Um, that's the one that kind of sounds like a jason derulo song right yes uh two of the four singing voices that are credited for that have sung on dancing with the stars oh cool and then cooling with the homies the song by (laughs) 
Johnny John John. Johnny John John. Was written and performed by Seon Harish Kotecha. He's the same as Esther Dean. He's a famous songwriter who's worked okay. with everyone. You look him up on Wikipedia, they have pages upon pages of all of the artists and his songs that he wrote. I do want to say real quick, I'm really upset that I didn't think to introduce you as Johnny John John. That's fine. <laughs> it happens. The song along consists of two winning Eurovision songs. This is my personal note. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but obviously Waterloo is ABBA's song from the 1974, and that's what had them win. But Celine Dion's Ne Parti Pas à Moi mm-hmm. had her win in 1988. My birth year was up. My birth year too. Yep, she's our winner. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, I would not have it be anyone else but Celine. And I think she won for Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, you had a French Canadian win for Switzerland, everyone. I'm gonna. I have a fun fact about Iceland. Yay! Iceland has yet to actually win Eurovision. <laughs> Boo! That's not fun. It's one of the longest participating countries in the Eurovision Song Contest that hasn't won, along with Malta and Cyprus. However, Iceland has come in second twice. Good for they. You know what? It's because they never let York be their representative. So I made reference to this earlier. And I'm compacting it all into like a few seconds. The Hamster Wheel pays homage to a Ukraine performance, their 2014 entry, TikTok. I didn't catch who actually performed it, um, but I wouldn't try pronouncing their name because as we know, I always get <laughs> the ridiculously long names and I suck at them. And then my last note is that it was originally supposed to be released in May 2020 to coincide with the 65th edition of the Eurovision Song Contest, but the contest was canceled due to Miss Miss Rona, the coronavirus and COVID-19. And this is the This is the first time in the contest's history that it's been canceled. In a way it's fortuitous that it was going the movie was going to come out this year because this does sort of stand in as a replacement for the real Eurovision. Yeah, but it was supposed to come out with like the performances yeah. and everything. I yeah. think it was supposed to come out with the with when the the finals happened, if I remember reading it correctly. Mm. Um, I had to whittle down my my special features section, guys. Mm. Li- seriously, go look it up on IMDb. Just read the trivia mm. section. Every line there was pure gold. But I had to whittle it down because we're on a time crunch. Special features! Final thoughts, let's do it. John? Yes? Can you think of any other movies like this? Pitch Perfect 2 and 3 come to mind. (laughs) And we tried so hard not to talk about them, but we ended up talking about them, but not really. Just a little bit. Um, I don't think we ruined anything. No. Because uh, I can think of a lot of movies that involve some sort of singing competition or songwriting competition. I mean, just off the top of my head, there's Sing, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Band Slam, uh, Teen uh-huh. Spirit, uh, School of Rock, uh, Raise Your Voice, uh, Joyful Noise. Um, that's a subplot in Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. Doesn't count. It's a subplot. <laughs> Uh, the Fighting Temptations, uh, starring the one and only Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter, um, Glee, the TV show, um, um, The Get Down, the TV show, Shut um, up. You're Perfect, done. Perfect Harmony, which is a TV show also starring Anna Camp. Um, okay, could we also argue that in a way, well, no, this will be the sports ones, never mind. I was going to say bring it on, but like. That's more Uh, of the sports version of it. No, there is so much bring it on in Pitch Perfect, though, especially because it is about like this 
you know rivalry between two groups right and and they do the aka excuse me the aka before everything and in bring it on they do cheer before everything or like cheerleading puns yeah right this is a cheer tatership next question all right uh did we like these movies fuck yes um i liked eurovision a lot uh i'm kind of cooling off on pitch perfect i mean it's a movie that you can come back to yeah, I mean, it's it's a movie a lot of people like, so it's, like, always something you can throw on at parties. Yeah. Um, like, I don't hate it or anything. I'm just like, ah, I don't know if I will watch it again, which answers the next question, partially. I mean, yeah, I'll watch them again. I don't really... Like, I'm not going to be opposed to watching Pitch Perfect again. I'm going to watch Eurovision a lot. Yeah, if you had a... It sounds like if you had a choice, you would pick Eurovision over yes. Pitch Perfect um, to watch. To be fair, too, this is also partly because they're both comedies and the jokes in Eurovision, because it's newer, are fresher to me. Um, But I do think they are both worth recommending. What do you think? Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah, the music in both of them is beautiful. I mean, I I have songs from both of them in my cardio playlist um, that I listen to when I'm not doing cardio. I may or may not go to sleep listening to the Eurovision soundtrack. What? Lion of Love, though? Song of the Summer. Uh, Husevik is Song of the Summer. Get it right. Husevik uh, very well could win an Academy Award for Best Original Song. God, I hope so. I mean, what other movies are coming out, though? <laughs> like, what's the competition here? But God, it is a beautiful song. And, like, I, I genuinely teared up when she started singing in Icelandic. All right, John, are these movies actually the same? Can I just give it an asterisk? <laughs> sure. You can do whatever you want. Um, I don't want to give it a hard yes or a hard no. The jury is okay. still not back yet for me. So I'm going right. to give it just an asterisk where it's like, I see the points where they are the same. Mm-hmm. I see the points where they're not the same. I'm going to say And I was are... hoping we would. Like yeah. I had I had an idea at the beginning and then we started talking about it and now I'm not 100% sure anymore. Okay. I'm going to say they're different movies but they have remarkable similarities. Like I think that I'm going to come down on the side of they're different only because the character dynamics are so different and the character dynamics drive so much of both the plot and the jokes. So I'm gonna like say they're they're different, but they do fall into like the same sort of frame. And they do the song along and the ripoff are very, very similar. You know what? Thank you. I'm so happy you answered it eloquently. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. Oh, I'm I'm so happy when we can come to an agreement. Yeah. Mommy and Daddy aren't fighting today, kids. The marriage lasts <laughs> for, for now. I don't know. What movie am I gonna make you watch next? Who knows? Oh boy. So, all right, with that, uh, John, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anywhere people can reach you? Yeah, you can find my tweet about how I cried during um, the song along uh, on my Twitter. Oh, my God! (laughs) Every fucking time I cry at that song. It's it's beautiful. It is one of the best mashups I've ever heard. And it's when Conchita Wurst comes on screen. I'm, I'm done. But... I am at Movies John, that's John with no H, or you can look me up at John underscore watches underscore movies. Again, no H in John. Shady, what is your personal twatter? Uh, you can find me tweeting about the movie, I've tweeted about the movie Band Slam a lot today because I rewatched that because these movies made me think of that. <laughs> and you can find those tweets at Cookie Shady, C-O-O-K-I-E-O-S-H-A-D-Y. Oh, you actually spelt it for the 10th episode. It's just, you know, it's my little gift for you. Happy 10th <laughs> anniversary. Hey, do you want to spell more things? Let's let's do that. Um, you can Google us as Not a pod- Google. Google. Uh, as- <laughs> you can, I should get rid of Google, shouldn't I? You should. <laughs> I'm reading this off of a script absentmindedly. You can email us at uh, moviedejavupod at gmail.com. 
That's M-O-B-I-E-D-E-J-A-B-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. Yeah, we got rid of that cadence real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find us on Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod, same spelling. And you can tweet us at Movie Deja Vu Sans Pod, because why? We're awesome. Yeah. Ooh, also, like, just as an extra plug, watch Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, because I think it deserves to do better than it's doing. I mean, we hope that they watched it while they li- before they listened to this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have an ongoing list. It is forever in flux. But for right <laughs> now, for episode 11, if you want to prep for next week, uh, we are comparing The Sound of Music to The King and I. Ooh. Ooh. Let's see have thoughts about that. We're, uh, we're going deep into the, the well of film history for those ones. And those are real musicals. Thank you. you ever- yes. Those I would call musicals, not movies with music. All right, shitty. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Hey, John, can you do me a favor? What do you want me to sing? I'm ready. Play Ya Ya Ding Dong. Da 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 da. Ya Ya Ding Dong.